Hello, this is Brian McLean, and welcome to Our Story with God, episode 35, The Work of the Holy Spirit. This is something of a continuation of last week's lesson on Pentecost, uh, because it is very difficult sometimes, but very critically important to understand the concept of the Trinity. It's, it's I will say, it's one of the more difficult concepts to grasp, um, but as we transition from this middle third of our study, where we've been looking at Jesus's time, his earthly ministry, uh, and transitioning over to uh, really the, the era of the church uh, and, and our story and how we are then to live, uh, I, I think it's, it's very important to take a moment and really try to understand this third person of the Trinity, this Holy Spirit. Now, one of the things that helped me a lot as I was learning about the Holy Spirit uh, and the Trinity as a whole was a book by an educator and theologian uh, by the name of Edwin Abbott. He wrote a book called Flatland, and the, the story Flatland, is, it's a bit of a satire, uh, but it involves a two-dimensional world where men are circles and women are triangles but they all appear to each other as lines because they have no depth. They only have length and width. And so they're in this flat two-dimensional world. And one of them claims to have left his two-dimensional world and seen a third dimension. So he came out into space, out into three-dimensional space uh, where we live. And he couldn't really effectively explain to the people in Flatland what that extra dimension really was. Uh, and eventually it didn't turn out well for this, uh, this particular individual and he ended up being arrested and imprisoned. Uh, they did not believe him. They thought it was crazy. Uh, and so if we in three-dimensional space wanted to interact with the people in Flatland or perhaps help them, you know? So uh, these triangles and the circles, well, triangles have sharp points and they could like, they could pop the circles, right? So how could we help them out? We have the advantage of being able to see things from outside of their dimensions. So perhaps we would take some fingers and place them onto this two-dimensional page or this plane upon which the Flatlanders lived. To the Flatlanders, our three fingers would appear to be three men, three circles, right? Uh, but to us, we realize that outside of their limited environment, we know that it is simply just one person, me, interacting in multiple ways with their world. And so that really helped me understand how the Trinity could be three persons all in one, because God does not interact with us uh, necessarily restricted to our dimensions. The height, the width, the depth, the time. He is outside of all this because he made all of this. So he's not restricted to this. So it is with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit interacting with our world in a way that we would understand. Now Jesus, when he was on earth, told us, I'm going to send a comforter to you. And the Holy Spirit actually assisted Jesus and was present with Jesus during his ministry in the same way that he assists us and is with us during our time as believers on earth. So if you remember, there's this picture of the entire Trinity when Jesus is baptized and all three show up. So Jesus is there physically and the Spirit descends on him as if he were a dove 
and the voice of God is heard through the clouds, this is my beloved son. So all three make a presence. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 30 to 32, uh, Peter beautifully expresses the roles, uh, the three roles of God in what he says, the God of our fathers, there's person one, raised Jesus, there's person two, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is, here's person number three, the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And so there you have it. The Holy Spirit is for all who obey God the Father and Jesus Christ. And so after this, this beautiful day of Pentecost that we discussed last week, this celebration of the harvest that turned into the first great harvest of believers in the new church, uh, the Jewish leaders continued to try to stifle the influence of the apostles. Uh, now, Peter and John were arrested at one point in time uh, for teaching about the resurrection. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, filled Peter. And he spoke uh, and he refuted his accusers. You can find that in Acts 4.8. And then when he got back to the other believers, they asked God to notice the threats against them and they prayed for boldness to continue preaching. It was the last time you prayed for boldness to continue what was getting you threats in the first place. That was quite a prayer. And the Holy Spirit granted their request and shook the room where they gathered. And you can find that in Acts 4.31. But I will also say this Holy Spirit will not tolerate being lied to. There's the story of a man and his wife, Ananias and Sapphira. And during this point in time, several of the believers were selling their possessions to gain money and bring it to the apostles to help encourage and support their fellow believers. Well, this couple decided to hold back some of the money, and it was deception. And both of them died for their deceit. Peter calls them out for their lies, and they immediately, one after the other, fell down dead for their willingness to test God. Acts 5, 3 through 10 is what that story is. So just like those Old Testament characters, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron uh, and Uzzah, they all died for not holding God as holy. Nadab and Abihu offered improper sacrifices and Uzzah touched the Ark of the Covenant. These were no-nos. They were not allowed. And just like those three, this couple, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, found out that it was a fatal mistake to seek that personal claim instead of granting God that honor. And so the Holy Spirit became this companion to all believers. And even to this day, all believers have the Holy Spirit as a companion in a way that not even Jesus could be. Christ taught that the Spirit would convict the world, John 16, 7, and would renew those who have placed their hope in him as Savior, Titus 3, 5. And so Jesus had left the stage, but he had brought in his wake this Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit gave believers uh, faith and ability to serve one another uh, in whatever capacity needed to be filled, Acts 6, 3 through 5. And so here he was, uh, a vital, integral part of everything that the early church did and that everything the church has done ever since. And because of that, Acts 5, 14 says, more than ever, 
believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. And that's an amazing thing. And, and I can only pray that that continues to happen today. Uh, so take a moment, study the word. Read Acts 4, 1 through 21. Notice that the priests and the elders and the scribes in Jerusalem admitted that they could not deny what the apostles were doing, but they still wanted to stop the news from spreading. So look at verse 19. How did Peter and John respond? That should tell you something about how we should respond today. And now to think about it. Why do you think these rulers were so convinced the apostles should be stopped and punished? Think about that. Uh, while the people who observe miracles praise God for them, you know, they're wanting to stop them. Why were they blinded by their assumptions about how God should do things? And think about it today. Are we ourselves blinded by the way we think God should do things? So the story of the church has really begun. Uh, and just like God gave those apostles on the day of Pentecost, the assistance they needed to pass the test, he has given that same assistance to us. And so the story has just begun, and we're going to have a wonderful time during the next 17 weeks studying this. So thank you for listening.